The following is a community town hall hosted by MSD Head of School, Julie Bragdon, featuring members of the Board of Trustees and MSD staff, and was recorded on Monday, May 4th at 7 p.m. via Zoom. Well, hello. So nice to see you all here again on my Zoom screen tonight. I want to thank you for joining me this Star Wars Day evening. Um, I was on a Zoom call earlier and got to see the Millennium Falcon and um, whatever the spaceship is that Darth Vader is in. I'm sorry, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I'm going to divide my time tonight spending the first part talking about the remaining month of school and uh, the other part about planning for the fall. So right now, we're making plans to celebrate our graduates, especially our eighth graders, who've accomplished so much, enriched our campus in many ways over the years, and are all off to great things next fall. We'll be sharing news hopefully at the end of this week with toddler, kindergarten, third, fifth, and eighth grade parents about what the specific plans are for their graduates in keeping with social gathering mandates. Uh, we definitely want to make the end of the school year as special as possible, and I don't want anyone's accomplishments to feel slighted. So, planning is also happening on how to get yearbooks and personal items to you and laptops and library books back to us safely. I am on campus a few times a week, as are other staff members, some getting materials copied and ready for our Monday, Tuesday MSD to go materials car line distribution, and some to maintain all of our business operations. Our safety and facilities department are also on campus daily, making sure our assets are being well cared for. Like dolphins swimming in the canals of Venice or goats taking over villages in Spain, I think the MSD roly-poly population has made a resurgence on campus in our absences as they are not being pocketed on playgrounds and kept hostage in cubbies. I look forward to seeing them flourish next fall. Last Wednesday evening, I shared uh, my own self-assessment of my goals for the year and then some with our Board of Trustees. And as I was putting it together, I was able to reflect on all the school life we did live before we moved off campus on March 12th. We had tacos on back to school night, classroom buzz-ins, an amazing fall harvest festival, community beehives, a fun run, back to work nights, science and fundamental fairs, amazing guest speakers. We were even able to get both rounds of parent-teacher conferences accomplished. All of this is not to say we're not missing things, especially all of the end-of-the-year celebrations and performances, but to point out that we did have a good year together. We did enjoy 73% of the school year in person, and I think it's good to remember that for perspective's sake. Now, about next year. Last time we met, I talked about some of the stages of disaster response, and at that time, we were collectively passing out of the honeymoon phase and into disillusionment. I believe, thankfully, we're now moving into the reconstruction phase. From the Trillium article cited last time, this is the phase when people start the process of rebuilding and reconstruction. People begin to rebuild their lives with the resources they have available to them. They're mostly adjusted to the new circumstances and see new opportunities on the horizon. This phase comes when it is acknowledged that the change is here to stay, at least for a while. This time offers the realization that we've been profoundly affected by the coronavirus and that we are not immune to the misfortunes we've heard of or seen on the news. It is a period of recovery and what comes from it is greater wisdom as a result of the experience from the trauma. 
in our school, this is the time when distance learning is now in full swing and teachers are partnering with families in new ways to offer children a learning experience that works based on initial trial and error and your own feedback. Now, in this stage, the new systems, procedures, and routines begin to solidify. Although there are still moments of grief and frustration, the mood has become more optimistic as the routine begins to feel normal. There are no new big surprises. So, what does the future hold? Best case, we're back in session as normal. Worst case, 100% virtual learning. The likely reality will be something in between. I formed five reopening planning teams, each focused on a specific area. They are classrooms. How will a Montessori classroom run with a six-foot social distancing if this is the mandate? How will snack happen? What will the playground schedule be in specials? How might we design classes that exist as hybrids in person and distance? That is the task of this group. What would a high-flex model look like for MSD? How could we split classrooms in half and have a morning and afternoon block, some in person, others distancing? Would the school day need to be longer? I know Ann and Rachel on a webinar today with NAIS on this very topic. Some of the questions you submitted for this evening would fall under this planning group as well, including what will lunch look like for the kindergartners? At this time, I can say it'll likely happen in the classrooms. Will there still be outside playtime and group activities? Yes. And we need to design cleaning protocols to do this safely. Operations is another task force. The work of this group includes business office functions, facilities, building, and grounds. One of their charges is ensuring that we have disinfectants for small and large areas and the PPE equipment to open safely in the fall. All resources that we are competing with other schools, restaurants, and hotels for. How might shifting closures and government guidelines that direct how we operate affect us? These are the scenarios that they plan for. Personnel, HR, and as I'm sure many of you know, has become a very complex world right now. Do some of our job descriptions and duties need to be adjusted? Programming. They will look at vendor access like our lunch provider and events like Grand Friends Day and MSD 101 and what campus access should be, among other things. The final group is focused on health procedures and policies. These teams are a mixture of staff and faculty and will be meeting and coming up with contingency plans, revising procedures, and doing the research to keep us all safe, including looking at what schools are doing now that are reopening in Japan, China, and Denmark, as well as what colleges are planning for the fall. They will be meeting over the next month and making a preliminary report to me in early June. I will, of course, stay in touch with you all as plans unfold. There is a sixth team with board members from the finance and executive committees, as well as the full board when appropriate, that is tasked with financial modeling, strategic financial forecasting, and planning for a future. There were several questions submitted regarding financial management in the PPP loan, and I'm going to ask Steve Mostowski to take over now for a few minutes. Am I on, Ashley? Yep, thanks. Thanks, Julie, and thanks, Ashley, for turning me on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, as Julie mentioned, there were a few questions about the payroll protection program loan. Um, last town hall, I mentioned that MSD had been allocated a PPP loan, and there were still some legal hurdles to clear. Um, since that time, we've received fair, favorable guidelines from our attorney, and we received and accepted the funds on April 20th. Um, those funds must be utilized in eight weeks from origination or eight weeks from April 20th. 
so they can be forgivable. And then MSD will be using the funds for payroll between now and mid-June. When the eight weeks is up, MSD will return any money that was unused and apply for loan forgiveness. So if you have further questions on that, don't hesitate to contact me or the business office. Um, another question that came up sort of in the financial area um, in a few questions from people uh, was about the May 15th deadline for a tuition commitment and whether there was any consideration for extending that. Um, we, like all independent schools, we provide our teachers with annual contracts in May. So if we were to push the commitment date back, we would risk losing some of our teachers which would have a detrimental impact on our ability to deliver our mission. And so we plan to maintain the May 15th deadline. And then a bunch of questions also revolved around the area of financial planning going forward. What's our plan after this fiscal year? So for that, I'm gonna turn it on over to longtime board member and former finance chair, Stephanie McCoy. Hi everyone. Um, I'll give you a little bit of my background and then try to answer a couple of the finance questions that we've been getting. But I've, we've been at the school as a family for 13 years. As Steve said, I've been on the board for six and a half years and I currently serve on the finance committee and was the, the former finance chair. Um, so with that, as far as financial planning, the finance committee has been meeting weekly for the past month to really assess and determine budgeting scenarios for next year. Uh, one of the most important inputs is enrollment for next year. Um, clearly, as Steve said, we'll know more on May 15th when the um, enrollment deadline is, is there. But what we do know is that enrollment is currently down and we expect it to be down compared to our pre-COVID budget for next year. Um, we are looking at every cost line item for potential savings and being very diligent about that. But the reality is, from a revenue perspective, with our enrollment down, our tuition will be down. We're having to um, cut some fundraisers just due to COVID-related issues. And we most likely expect philanthropic giving to be down next year as our families you know, really struggle and try to figure out the economic impact to their to themselves of this pandemic. Um, but at the same time, many of our expenses are actually going to go up we will need to comply with the CDC cleaning guidelines, which will significantly increase our cleaning costs. And the board expects to continue to invest significantly in technology to help with virtual learning. So as a result, we do as a board expect to generate a loss next year. Now, the board has been very fiscally responsible and we have carefully been putting away money which we call our rainy day funds, and it seems to be pouring right now. So we will be using those cash reserves to help um, fund our loss next year. And frankly, we expect to have a loss the following year as well. So we do have adequate cash reserves to get us through this pandemic. But it is also important to note that we do not have an endowment like many large private schools. And that really leads me to the second question we got tonight. And that question is, if we aren't fully back on campus for the full year next year, is the board considering a reduction to tuition? And I wanna start this question by reminding everyone that the board has never set tuition to the level of what it costs to actually educate a child. This is intentional 
because we want to increase the access to our school to as many families as possible. But specifically with next year, if we have a hybrid learning environment like Julie's talking about where some children are on campus and at the same time other children are virtually learning, that could actually be a more expensive delivery and we may have to actually um, increase support staff to do that. Uh, and our greatest expense is salaries. Um, you know, and really short of reducing staff, we don't have a lot of levers to impact tuition and the board is adamantly against reducing staff because we are fully committed to delivering the best education possible for all of our children. We're very conscientious about budgeting. We're going to be very careful about cost savings, but with reduced tuition, reduced philanthropic giving, and no endowment, the board doesn't have a lot of financial flexibility to affect tuition. So what we are focusing on is tuition assistance for our families that need it next year. And this is a really important goal for us. We wanna keep as many families at MSD as possible. And so that's really where we're putting our efforts. So hopefully that answers a few of the financial questions we got and hopefully it conveys that the board is really focused on the school's long-term financial sustainability, but also delivering the best education possible and keeping as many families here. So it's certainly a juggling act. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. Did you have something else to say, Steve? I just said thanks, Stephanie. Okay. Oh, good. Me too. <laughs> um, so all the work, creating multiple plans for multiple scenarios, including when we open and how, will be informed by science and guided by state and local health and government authorities, peer schools, associations, and good old common sense. The safety, health, and best interests of our students, faculty, staff, and families will lead how and where we learn and operate. Our belief in our mission and our 55 years of experience and expertise will ensure the quality and high standards of our student learning experience design, parent supports, and professional development of our faculty, staff, and parents so that we can continue our mission. This will be our reentry guide star. One question submitted, do you anticipate the school year starting on its regularly scheduled day? Yes, right now I do, and I sincerely hope so. There was another question about possibly starting the school year early, which schools in California and other places are exploring, which is being considered as new virus data is developed. We do know from looking at schools in other parts of the world who've returned to classrooms that we can assume we'll be instituting, at least in the short term, social distancing, which can be hard at the younger level particularly, frequent hand washing, more physical space from each other. This will be a consideration for how classrooms get set up in the fall, as well as when traveling on campus. At grocery stores, they're marking six foot spots. I think we'll probably do the same on our MSD sidewalks and community spaces. We'll have increased cleaning of surfaces and tighter health rules for being at school and being sent home. And let me pause again and answer some of the questions you submitted that directly fall in this category. If it is found a child is sick, will the entire school close? And if so, for how long? I'm not sure yet on how far reaching closures would go, and I hope not the whole school. One scenario we're planning for is having pods of students, say 12 students with one teacher, that do not cross other student populations, so exposure is limited. I also want to note that some, what, what some saw as a disadvantage of our campus design, classrooms that are not connected by a single hallway, 
is now an advantage for limiting exposure between student populations. Another question, will there be a new way of checking for illness before a child is brought into the classroom? Yes. I'm assuming that we'll be taking temperatures of students and staff daily before they enter campus. We'll also continue to follow some of the protocols we started in March, vigilance about symptomatic students and staff, a quarantine room if a child becomes sick at school, and your continued partnership in following our guidelines on keeping students home if ill that help keep us all safe and healthy. Another question, will staff and students and anyone else who's on campus be required to wear a mask with the exception of toddler students and kids two and under per CDC age recommendations? Yes. Right now we're assessing our supplies and we'll make sure we have masks for staff to wear. Students under three will likely be required to wear masks when on campus as well. As antibody testing improves in the next few months, could that be built into a return to campus plan? Yes, it could, but we're gonna wait on guidance on this. And then what types of new health and safety protocols can we expect? I will say stay tuned. They will include some of what I've already mentioned and more that will be developed by the Health Policies Task Force, which is specifically charged with this work. There are many, many more questions the task forces will need to determine solutions for, including how lunch will be distributed. I think we will not be in the lunchroom for some time meeting together as a community how Carline can function, what playground cleaning looks like, what community events can continue. I can get dizzy just thinking about all of the what ifs and the many different contingency plans we need to consider since so much about the spread of the virus remains unsure. Luckily, I work with a smart, dedicated group of thinkers and creative problem solvers. It's in our Montessori blood. Due to the fall planning and the continued uncertainty about summer protocols, we will not be offering camps this summer. Another one of your burning questions. Our faculty and staff must focus on all of the big work and small details of fall planning. So hosting a camp, a camp that we need to be totally rethought is not possible. We will be issuing refunds if you enrolled. I did ask faculty to see if any are interested in offering a virtual camp. I will keep you posted. Nobody said yes yet. So to start to wrap up, there are many unknowns about the fall that we hope become clear over the next few weeks. We expect more guidance to be issued by Governor Polis as well as the Colorado Department of Health and the Colorado Department of Education. I did get an email on Friday that the CDE is working on a list of things schools should be thinking about and planning for related to reopening next year, and they hope to have something out in the next week or two. I will continue to update you all as information becomes firmer. I do know that MSD, with our smaller classes, great student-teacher ratio, smart thinking, ability to be nimble, and our collaborative community will be able to keep our students safer and better engaged than any other schools. We'll be able to deliver a better education, no matter the location. I'm gonna ask Dagmar now to take over and answer some of your questions regarding tuition insurance. Um, thank you all. I, I'm going to talk a little bit about tuition insurance. Um, first of all, uh, there have been a lot of questions. Hopefully with what I say, I'm going, I'm not going to read the questions. I'm just going to talk and hopefully I will cover all of your questions. Uh, Ashley will later put my email up on the screen and you guys can email me any questions and I would be happy to answer them. If I can't, I will be making sure I pass them along to our um, representative for our insurance company. We are currently using Dewar Insurance for our tuition insurance program. This tuition refund plan is in use at over 1,200 independent schools and colleges, so they know what they're doing. 
They are and will continue to honor the tuition insurance policy for withdrawals for this school year and next. We are still providing academic instruction using an online platform. Therefore, the school is not closed, only our buildings are. And this is crucial because every time I turn in a withdrawal, I get a call, are you still offering classes? I said, yes, it's online. They said, fine, we consider you, your school open. So then the policy is in effect. Dewar will then pay 60% of the remaining balance of tuition for a student that has been withdrawn from the school for an approved reason. Approved reasons include a family move, change of objective, injury or sickness, financial problems, and a job loss. This is just a, a few, and there are other, um, I can, there are brochures, I'd be happy to send anybody you'd like, and they can go into more detail on that. At the beginning of each school year, we provide Dewar with a list of all students that have paid for tuition insurance and in which program at MSD they are currently enrolled. I also send them the number of days in the school year based on this information and the remaining days in the school year from the date of the withdrawal. Dora then determines the amount of the refund and then they send it to the school. If there is a balance remaining, we will then refund it to the parents. They do have a requirement that students attend the school for the first calendar days of a school year. Dewar has assured me that if we happen to be on an online platform at that time, 14 days will also be counted for the online learning. And it's 14 consecutive days. That means if school starts September 1st on the 15th, you can withdraw. withdraw. That would be the fulfillment of those 14 days. Coverage is for the whole school year. If you decide to withdraw from the school, you will no longer receive any online learning from the school, nor will you have any communications from the school at all. It is a definite full withdrawal when you use it. Um, tuition insurance is the cost of, it's at 1.9% uh, of the total cost of tuition. And if you happen to have anything like extended day for before school, after school, that is also covered. You can sign up for this program until August 1st, and then we, but we need to have the full payment by August 1st. All you have to do is send me an e email saying that you would like to participate in it and we'll get that taken care of for you. We also had a couple of questions about when does tuition, when do you have to start paying for your tuition? Now, it kind of depends on what payment plan you signed up for. If you're um, a 12 payment plan, starts in May. It's 10, it starts in July. If it's two, it starts in August and a one payment plan is August. You also get to choose what day you want that to be due. So it could be the 5th or the 20th of the month in which you start. So hopefully that's cleared it up for you guys. What, the other question we had um, is it, it talked about like an enrollment for the fall or if, they, if you decide to like um, withdraw your student before the school year starts or by that May 15th payroll. So um, we, not payroll, I'm sorry, uh, date or the, uh, Anybody who needs to cancel their withdrawal date, yeah. Thank you. Sorry, <laughs> trying to read at the same time doesn't work. Um, we um, enroll uh, students for the whole year. If you choose to withdraw your child from MSD by the May fifteenth deadline, you will not be responsible for the balance of the tuition for the rest of, for the remainder of the twenty twenty one school year. You are welcome to inquire about rolling your child in January, but we cannot guarantee that there'll be any space available. The amount of tuition will be prorated from January through the end of the school at that time, and half of your contract deposit can be used towards that tuition. After May 15th, you will be responsible for the full 
2021 tuition. If you choose to withdraw your child after school has begun and you use your tuition insurance for a refund, you will not be able to re-enroll your child for the remainder of the 2021 school year. We cannot make an exception for any students and still maintain our good business practices with dual insurance. This will not affect your ability to reapply for the 2021-22 school year. So if you have any questions about any of those, Ashley, can you put my uh, email address up on the screen, please? So please don't hesitate to give me an email and I will answer any questions or find out the answers for you. Dagmar, one quick follow-up question. So people that have chosen to use their tuition insurance, what do they cite for the withdrawal right now? Uh, at this time, most people have been um, putting financial hardship due the, to the uh, current coronavirus pandemic. That has been that. Most, what most people have been using, yeah. Okay, thank okay. you. All right. Ashley, you're a pro. Isn't she? Man. Thank you, Ashley. All right, back to me. Um, one of the questions, uh, when will the last day of distance learning be for this school year? And that is gonna be Friday, May 22nd. Will be the last day that we'll be doing the online classrooms and distance learning. The final week, that short week um, after Memorial Day, will be full of graduations and celebrations, uh, which are, we anticipate will take more time since we're going to have to hold separate Zoom events for all of those. Progress reports are going to be sent home on Friday, May 29th. All right, we have one last question that we're gonna to answer tonight. There were a lot that I think we rolled up into many of these. <clears throat> and I'm gonna ask Jen Wettstein, uh, Parent Association President Extraordinaire, this one. So Jen, how is the new virtual campus different than Blackbaud? It's a lot different than Blackbaud. Hopefully most of you have had a chance to come in and check it out by now. Um, and if you haven't, um, please do. First, I wanna let everybody know that we are holding a sort of Zoom tutorial on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We will send out the Zoom link this week. And um, that's where we can walk you through just the basics. Here's where you find everything. Here's where it just, if you haven't already spent time in it and figured it out and that would be helpful for you, we're gonna run that on um, Wednesday. We're also available anytime for questions. Um, how it's different from Blackbud. I think Julie's referring to, I, I made a joke last week about it. I was and trying the problem to, is I really liked it and I remembered it, so I had to call well, it. Well, I, I was trying to explain it to someone before it rolled out and I said, it's like Blackbud and Facebook had a really pretty baby. Um, and, <laughs> and the reason I said it that way is because it has the robustness and the security um, background, back end of Blackbud. It's extremely private. Um, it can handle a ton of files, but it's got, more of the user interface and the ease of Facebook in terms of user navigation. So I think that's, that's how it's different from BlackBot. It, um, it has answered a lot of, I think, parent frustrations over the course of distance learning as we all try to get our feet under us and figuring out what you're doing. If you've got multiple kids and you're going to multiple platforms, that's been really hard. And this solves that problem by putting everything in one place. Um, for different program levels up to lower L. I think um, 
it solves lots of issues that Blackboard did not help us with, including two-way communication. We can talk back and forth with our teachers, um, with each other, uh, which has been really nice. Um, from a just general communication standpoint, it consolidates everything so no one's missing something that was in the B or an email that came out or what teacher sent that. It's all right in one place, which is a godsend. And I think one of the other things it does that is has become critically important, particularly as we're looking at this now as a potentially long-term situation, even if we're going back and forth, is that to a certain degree, we've sort of lost our village here. And we've, we've got our teachers and we've got our work, but we don't have the ability to see each other in the parking lot and we don't have the ability to sort of interact with each, other's, with each other as parents in terms of what's going on in the classroom. And this allows us to do that in a couple of ways. One, we can post our kids' work and get feedback with the teachers. We can post questions just within our classroom. We can interact with each other on several different layers. Um, and some of that is going to be all around, you know, the work that we're doing, but some of that is just social. It's going to be, I think, really helpful for us to reach out and say, how are you handling this situation? Does everyone have a hamster wheel for their four-year-old? Because I need one. I buy that. Um, you know, what's, what's your second grader reading? Because they're not all coming home from the library with the same books anymore. You know, those kinds of things that just make it a lot easier to rely on each other and gain a bit of sanity and also to have that two-way communication both with our teachers and with each other. And I think, um, does that answer your question, Julie? It does. You want to say anything else while you're un unmuted? Can I? Well, Yay. within limits, within <laughs> standards and boundaries. <laughs> what time does everyone switch from coffee to wine? <laughs> friend. Um, no, I actually have a do. I do have a couple of things I wanted to let people know if that's okay to take, yes, steal yes, some please. of your time. Please. Um, it's it's I wanna, a call. Woohoo! I um I want to thank everybody who participated last weekend in the online auction. That was incredible. We got to um, sell and make use of some of the things we had acquired that were never going to translate to next year, like Hamilton tickets, like classroom art projects, like some really great bias shares of community builders brought forward by our amazing staff and teachers. Um, if you have not yet heard from us, you will be. Um, know that we're, we're running on a, a tight volunteer staff right now and we're all a little bit behind. So if you purchased and won some of those things, you'll hear from me or one of the auction chairs this week. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is we put it in the B a couple of weeks ago, but it was before this new rollout, so it's been hard to communicate. Teacher appreciation is for the entire month of May. We are not missing that this week. Um, the emails will go out to the room parents later this week. I've been trying not to inundate people with too many emails when we've got a new online campus rolling out. We've had the auction. We're in the middle of a really great um, fundraiser for tuition assistance. That deadline is tomorrow. Make sure you get that in. And um, didn't want to overkill anybody with the emails, but I have had a bunch of questions today saying, ah, what are we doing for teacher appreciation? We're on it. We're taking the entire month. They deserve the entire month. So don't worry about Tuesday being teacher appreciation day because we've got them covered and you'll be getting emails from your room parents. I think that's it. Awesome. Thank you. I do want to thank everybody who helped with the new virtual campus classroom. You know, I think I'm an awesome person to work for on most days. Most people are waiting. Some of my people are nodding their heads. Yes. And I also have crazy ideas sometimes. And I'm like, hey, we're going to start this virtual campus and I'd like it ready by Wednesday. 
right? And so then they were all like, are you serious? Like on top of everything else we're doing. So we, I waited one more week, but honestly there was Herculean work done. And I'm just going to shout out to Kendra and Ashley specifically on this um, and Rachel and the other education directors on making this happen for everybody. Cause we got two websites made this year. We had the public website that actually launched in March and we have a new like very secure private website that I think is probably going to be the envy of other schools that are doing Google Classroom that's not secure, that are using Facebook groups that are not secure. So just want to give them a little extra love tonight because that's huge. So thank you, Jen and Dagmar, Steve and Stephanie for your help tonight. Uh, I hope that you all heard uh, what you all heard from each of the speakers tonight is that we are a caring community being very deliberative about what is best and lucky us. So in closing, we are now holding the shared task of educating our children. We found a way to continue in the face of disaster. And now it's my turn to ask you a few questions. What will you want to remember about this time besides washing so many dishes? How can you find purpose and meaning in these changes? What will you carry forward? May we all remember to lean in, to share what is true, and to continue knowing that this time is shaping our children, and so also our future. And tomorrow technically is Teacher Appreciation Day, and I know we're going to give our teachers a whole month, but I want to get a head start and thank all of the outstanding MSD teachers for all that they've done and continue to do for MSD, for you, and for our students. I hope you also take a moment to appreciate your own new work of teacher, too. I want to thank those of you who've already donated to the MSD COVID-19 Tuition Assistance Fund that will keep families in our community. Tomorrow is the big giving day. Thank you for your support if you're able to give. Again, if you need help staying next fall, please reach out to Dagmar. I want you here. I hope you and your extended family stays well. Please tell your child hello for me. I miss seeing them run, skip, dance, chat, and actually just meander by me at the flagpole in the morning so very much. I miss walking around with Stinger and giving high fives. I even miss signing all those illness, injury, and incident forms that populated my mailbox at the end of a school day. I was joking that I could send you guys those if you would like to start using them with your siblings at home. I could send you blank ones and you could fill them out. So if you want some, just let me email me. I'll send you some incident forms and you can start giving your, your own children pink slips. I will actually sign them too if you want to send them back to me. We can make them really official. So um, just in closing, thank you all for your time tonight. I, I appreciate it. And I anticipate we'll probably have at least one more of these um, before the end of the school year. So without further ado, I'm going to say nighty night to everybody. I'm going to go have my glass of wine. Um, and I hope it's a fine evening for all of you guys.